Oh man, this is beautiful. There's actual football on my TV. Feels like football weather out. This is the Fig Cave Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm the hot take kid, Phil Gentile. We are a week away from actual NFL football, and we are going to run down our latest draft that we had with some friends and give you the ins and outs of who you should take, when you should take them, and all that. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm Phil Gentile here in the the uh, Jimmy Seafood Studios. I got uh, former coworker, current friend Greg Angel on the line. What's going on, Greg? Hey, good to see you, Phil. It's the greatest week of the year for fantasy footballers. It's draft week, the week of hope. You didn't make any mistakes in your draft, and you're definitely going to win the championship. I've already dropped a couple people, so I might have made some mistakes already. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that. We had a uh, we had a ten team draft with some buddies who started a new league with some cool rules. So we'll get to that. A bunch of people who who it was actually a really good draft. I think. I mean, we've done some drafts together, Greg, and uh, you know I don't remember every single one, but I feel like everyone in this league, as far as I know, really knew their stuff, and there wasn't any like really kind of outlandish picks wouldn't you agree no there was it was uh pretty you know it was a 10 team league so people drafted it pretty soundly i mean the amazing thing when you look and you get done you're like man i made some stretches at the end and you love everybody's top of their teams but man you just the bottom half of the draft is where you're gonna win if you make those right decisions the right guy gets injured because you took and you took his backup uh working the waiver wire but it's uh i agree we had uh some good people in the draft for sure yep yeah we'll get to that with our draft we'll talk about some picks that we liked some picks we didn't like and i really like what you did with your kind of late round picks and there's some other folks in the draft that drafted some names that you know might might have been bigger names but i don't know if they're going to pop as much as as some of the folks on mine your teams if you guys want some uh fantasy insight from us as the week gets uh gets going here i know a lot of people this weekend will have their drafts uh, we're doing a Fig Cave Fantasy uh, League uh, on Wednesday as our draft. The day before the season starts, $20 a person. Uh, the winner, it's a winner-take-all, uh, gets $280 to uh, buy anything they want from Ringside Collectibles. Uh, Greg, I know you're not a wrestling figure collector, so we'll just we'll just give you a gift certificate to Walmart or something. I don't know. Um, but we have seven spots. Well, I will gladly wear the championship belt. There you go. Yeah, the re- <laughs> we'll get you a wrestling belt to wear, yeah. Uh, we have seven spots open. Uh, if uh, I've posted about it in our Facebook group, uh, but if you're a listener of the podcast and you'd like to get in, uh, just shoot me a DM on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it's uh, my handle is I hate JJ Reddick on Twitter, and Greg is Greg Angel zero three. Uh, we'll be around all weekend to give you any kind of insight as far as the draft. Let's get into some news and notes, Greg, before we get into the draft. Um, just some injuries that I think have popped up since last week on the show. Um, Travis Etienne, I think happened right when we recorded or maybe the day before. I'm not sure, but, um, your boy, former Clemson running back, uh, headed to IR out for the season, I believe with a foot injury, um, or a lower leg injury, one of the two. And he was a guy that we both liked, uh, in that offense with a new quarterback, uh, going to be trailing a lot. And now James Robinson, is now the go-to guy there. And besides Carlos Hyde, who I'm not a big fan of now at his age, I think we could see a replay of last year for James Robinson. What what, what do you say about that Jacksonville uh, running back situation? Uh, you know, I James Robinson is the obvious one there. I think it impacts Chenault. I'm not going to attempt to say his first name. Um, even more. This guy. ATN was going to be used on a lot of end rounds, a lot of 
uh, trick, you know, gadgety plays. I mean, Ohio State's on the on the uh, field right now, and Ryan Day and Urban Meyer were connected. They run a lot of the similar stuff. Now you can't translate that all to pros, but I think ETM was going to be used in more sweeps and gadget plays and stuff. So I actually think it could impact Chenault even more than Robinson. Robinson will certainly get a few more touches, but I think I said in our opening episode or one of the first ones, I think Jacksonville is going to be an unpredictable offense. And like you said, they're not going to be winning a lot. So last year they ran and ran and ran him. He had the one of the highest usage rates. I remember you saying, yep. so I think it actually impact a guy like Chanel even more. Looking at his stats though, only had a thousand seventy yards. So I mean, he ran quite a bit. I had fifty catches. So um, he's a pretty all around running back and a guy you can get if you do go tight end running, tight end receiver, receiver, receiver in the first couple rounds. Um, could be kind of a, a nice sneaky fourth or fifth round pick for you. Um, yeah. The biggest news probably the last week is the Patriots releasing Cam Newton, who led the league in rushing quarterback. Uh, Little bit quarterback rushing touchdowns, I should say. Easy for me to say. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he'll land. That's a question for another day. But uh, I think with the uh, the addition the uh, the, run, the quarterback now from Alabama, Mac Jones, I think that improves that entire offense. And I'm giving a huge boost to their two tight ends, uh, to Jacoby Myers, and of course your boy uh, Damian Harris. Uh, what do you make yep. of that uh, that Patriots offense now? Obviously, we saw you know, the Ravens played them last year and lost. But it wasn't really an offense that was really high-powered as far as the passing game. I think that's going to be totally flipped Very now. conservative. Yeah. Yep. I think they'll be conservative. I think the biggest impact on the Patriots is they have a ton of defensive players back as well. But Patriots made two of the bigger signings at tight end. And young quarterbacks tend to pick tight ends, you know, tend to target tight ends more frequently. The trouble is there's two of them. So who's going to be the dominant one? I think that impacts a guy like Hunter Henry. I think John o. Smith's more of a, uh, you know, they're trying to, like we said, trying to duplicate Gronkowski and Hernandez minus the murder. Um, but they're, uh, I think Hunter Henry could be impacted, but I think all the pass catchers are impacted great because if you see Mac Jones, he is not running the ball. And like you said, running backs, they got a guy, uh, Stevenson, I think is his last name. Again, a complicated first name, Rahondre, something like that. Young guy that could emerge down the line. And a guy we talked about and has been talked about for years is uh, James White. I mean, young quarterbacks love to check it down, and he's going to be in there on third down. So definitely, you know, the Patriot running back carousel will be difficult. Yeah, not to spoil anything, I picked him up. He was not drafted in our 10-team league, speaking of James White. I picked him up um, just because he's a guy you really can add and he'll get you 60, 50, 60 catches. And I think with Cam Newton, he wasn't utilized you know, to his full effect. I think now you know, the handcuffs are off. Uh, even even with whoever they start at running back, I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. He's not much of a runner. But, yeah, I think it's a, yeah. a huge boost for everybody on that offense. And we'll see where Cam Newton ends up. I mean, i got to think he's better than four or five, six of the starting quarterbacks around the league. You look at the Texans, you look at some of these other teams uh, that could use a quarterback. Even, even Denver, I'd rather have him over Teddy Bridgewater, even though they paid him some money. So we'll see what happens. I agree with I agree with you. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., one of my sleeper, one of both of our sleeper tight ends on the last episode, is out for the season, uh, at least put on IR. I don't think he'll come back. I think it's very unlikely. I don't know if he was one of those designations to come back with the 10-week IR 
uh, spot. But uh, you I think can... they said four or five months. Yeah. So uh, it depends on where they are in the season. I'm sure. But if some if someone you know if they need help with that position, but I'm you know take him off your draft boards. He is a guy maybe to target. You know, week ten or eleven. If you if you hear some rumblings of him coming back, you pick him up before a week before the waivers start. You know, before his name gets out there. Uh, so, but uh, another sleeper, and, and that even lessens the amount of reliable tight ends. You know, in the draft. So, uh, the Bucks and the Falcons are. It's rough. Um, they actually traded. Hold on, Phil. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. No, you're okay. They actually picked up a guy, Chris Herndon from Her- Her- Chris Herndon from the Jets. They traded him. For him, he's been a guy, you know, he's been on the Jets, so the Jets have been terrible. He's been a guy that people constantly say is super talented. Yep. Oh, he's going to break out this year. He's going to break out this year. He's injured. He has 30 targets. Anytime a guy comes into a team, though, without a playbook, definitely not a guy worth drafting. They have two dominant pass catchers already. But, um, you know, just a really deep name if you're in a 14-team league or something like that. Yeah, he was a fantasy darling a couple of years ago, ready to break out, and just never really happened. But it's it's tough when you play for the Jets to break out. Uh, here in Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins in that third preseason game goes down uh, with a hyperextended knee, and he is now out for the season. So that elevates Gus Edwards into an even more prominent role, uh, probably now the number two running threat behind Lamar uh, as as opposed to the number three. Um, I, I think – you know, I think he's a guy to really talk. And I, I said this to one of the buddies in our league. Would it be insane for for Mar- for Gus Edwards to lead the league in rushing? Would it be insane? No. I mean, is it going to happen? Probably not. But could, could I yeah. see could I see it happen in a weird year? I think he's going to run. I think they're going to run the hell out of him. And he is not a pass catcher, so he's going to be. You know, that's going to go to one of the other guys. They have this Tyson Williams, a younger kid there that catches the ball a little bit. Gus Edwards is not catching the ball. He is a very Derrick Henry esque runner. So I can see them yeah. using him quite a bit. I mean, he had 144 carries last year uh, as a backup. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Gus Edwards, and where would you draft him now, knowing he's the he's the man in Baltimore? Where I would draft him and where you have to draft him are two different things. I'd I'd rather take him in fifth, sixth round as a fringe running back two, maybe even running back three. But because of the lack of pass catching, especially if you're in PPR, if you're non PPR, it doesn't affect you quite as much. But it is less touches. But uh, you got to take him in the fourth round at this point with the way people are so running back starved. To me, it hits like a guy like Joe Mixon, and then it just drops off. Uh, Josh Jacobs doesn't do much for me. David Montgomery doesn't do a ton for me. Miles Sanders, I wouldn't even touch. So you're going to have to take him. He, he and Damian Harris to me are practically the same player. Um, the only difference is Damian Harris doesn't have a quarterback who's going to pull it away from him as often. Um, so I think, but I think both of them, if you watch Gus Edwards, he does not go backwards. Mm -hmm. So he'll get a ton of goal line, ton of goal line touches. He'll be a TD he will score a ton of touchdowns and maybe the Ravens finally decide to give Lamar a little break during the regular season. So he doesn't not quite as tired at the end of the year. So he's definitely a fourth round target at this point, especially if he, but it can't be a running back one. In my opinion, he has to be like an RB two. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. Um, Buccaneers and the Falcons are two of the teams right now that we know are 100% vaccinated. So every player on the team is vaccinated, which is huge, Greg, because if an unvaccinated player 
becomes in contact with somebody with COVID or or tests negative, they immediately have to miss between. I think yeah. if, I think if you test positive, test negative, or blah, 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 test positive, you have to miss ten days. And if you're around someone, yeah, uh, that's positive, you miss five days. So if a guy test, you know, is around a COVID positive person or co- teammate on a Tuesday or Wednesday, they're going to miss the Sunday game. So if they're not vaccinated, which is huge. So that you know. It, it sucks to live in, in the world that we do right now, but that, that is a huge bonus for anyone you have on the Bucks or Falcons because those guys are less likely to cost you uh, uh, missing a week as opposed to some other teams. So that's something we'll get into as the season goes on. Um, we in our yeah. league have added, I think we have two or three IR spots. I've added a third one in, in the league that we're doing for the Fig Cave just because this is going to happen more and more. You're going to need some extra bodies to, to fill these spots, especially because the NFL is not going to move games this this year, Greg. Um, so you're going to see a lot of guys. No, missing, they're going to make you. Games. They're going to make you forfeit, and they're going to make you penalize money. On the flip side, a guy like Kirk Cousins who refuses to do it. Let's just say he's he's hanging out with Justin Jefferson, and both him and Jefferson are out. I mean, just Cousins out. Period. I mean, their backup quarterback is Kellen Mond, and you know a guy like Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. They're just their value gets diminished with the backup quarterback immediately. So yep, Carson yep. Wentz is the same way. Yeah, so it's, um, it's you're tough. right; it is something worth paying attention to. Uh, next on my list, kind of a, a name of yesteryear, T.Y. Hilton on IR, going to miss at least the first three games of the season. Uh, looks like Carson Wentz is going to be back sooner than later, but that is a team in total disarray. I know you're a fan of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, their offensive line is banged up now uh, missing one of their number one receivers there's a couple young receivers on that team that I would I wouldn't mind grabbing if I knew Carson Wentz would play the entire year but um, it's a mess in Indy man it really is so more to watch there but you know T.Y. Hilton didn't even get drafted in our league and that's probably a reason why if you're going to miss the first three or four games you know you're 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 dead to me basically i can pick you up or or pick up somebody that has some potential to, to break out in those first three games and if they don't i'll drop them yeah uh the colts are a rough story especially with the fact that um you know they have so much transition with a new quarterback coming in they also lost quentin nelson who i was seeing a stat where most of jonathan taylor's big rushes came behind him he's probably the be- not probably he is the best guard in football um, so that is a huge loss as, as Ravens fans. So we were so upset about not getting Kenny Galladay and T Y Hilton. Kenny Galladay is going to be a disaster of a contract. He is a number one wide receiver, top paid wide receiver. And he is not getting drafted until like the 10th round, which is remarkable considering everybody was chasing after him and how much money the giants paid to, for him. So yeah, the Colts are Colts are gonna have a rough go. Fortunately, they get to play the worst team in the league twice yeah. in the year. They yep. get to play Houston's, so that's probably two wins for them, no matter who's out there. Yeah, Jaguars twice, so that could be two wins. So I mean, they were a pretty good team yeah. last year. I just feel like they're that kind of good defense, very good yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas out for at least until at least week six is when they're targeting. Uh, sorry, week seven. They, week six they have a bye. So he'll miss the first five games, have a bye in week six, try to be out on the field by week seven. Uh, We'll see if if that happens. But, you know, a a former first-round guy who has now slipped into the the last couple rounds of your drafts um, as as the fantasy world turns. So that's all the news I have so far. A lot of injuries. 
On Michael Thomas, you did something smart. If your team has IR spots and you're late and you're sitting in the 14th round and you have confidence in him coming back strong, take him and shove him in the IR spot and you can pick up another player. You did that smartly. He was off my list completely. I didn't even consider him, but it was a good move by you and a good strategy by people in deeper leagues. I mean, if you can pick him up in the 10th, 11th round and guess what? He's good for you for last seven weeks of the year you're in better spot than everybody else. Do you, you would have to have some depth already at wide receiver. Do you think he is off your list because you had him last season? Not not to say that that is wrong, but do you think you have like, you know, a recency bias of ill will toward him because he cost you because um I I mean I get I get why you would take him off your board, but I took I literally took him, you know, I guess we can get into the teams now. I took him in the 14th round. Um, yeah, and you had taken Darnell Mooney right before me as a guy I had targeted a little bit. You know, number two receiver for Chicago. Uh, he was off, yeah. my, you know, off the board. So I, you know, I saw Michael Thomas there. I knew twenty four hours later I could put him in that IR spot, and and basically he could sit there all season if he never comes back. It's not going to hurt. I picked up somebody else. I think that's when I picked up James White. Um, so um, yeah, it just fourteenth round. If it, if it was like answer, you know, yes. 10th, 11th, 12th. To answer your question. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, it was no, 10th, 11th round. Oh, we got some we got some delays here. It was 10th or 11th or 12th round. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. But, uh, you know, 14th round, it's it's a dart throw. So, To answer your question, um, recency bias is definitely a thing amongst every fantasy football player. You had it with Melvin Gordon. You weren't touching him, right? Yep. So many people weren't going to touch Saquon Barkley, which I'll talk about in a as we go through the draft because they, Hey, Saquon Barkley cost me last year. I got last place. Hey, I had a great draft. I would have finished first if it wasn't for Saquon Barkley. So definitely every person has recency bias and won't pick somebody because they got burned last year. Yep. It's hard to avoid that. Um, you see that with Zeke Elliott this year um, on Michael Thomas. For me, I had four huge, awesome wide receivers. So to me, the only reason I picked Mooney at that point was if somebody got injured right away, I needed him as backup because my team is very wide receiver centric. So I wasn't looking to take a risk and I took a risk with Saquon Barkley. So I couldn't have, not that he was a risk at the 14th round, but I tried to avoid another rule I kind of uh, came up with. And I'm sure I'm not a, completely original in this is if you take a risk, like a guy like Saquon Barkley, then take more health oriented guys or guys who have defined roles to let you last through Saquon Barkley being a little, not himself during the beginning of the year. So good call. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's run down your, well, I guess we'll start with the, let's just do the first round here. Cause that's kind of, uh, what everyone yep. focuses on. So the first round went like this it was Kish, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara. So this is a 10 team PPR league. Uh, we start two running backs. There's two flex spots. Um, so this is exactly how I thought the the draft would go. I was sitting in the fifth spot. Um, Zeke Elliott scares me a little bit. Obviously, we've talked about Saquon Barkley scaring me a little bit with injuries. Aaron Jones was a guy I would – if I was going to take a running back, it would probably be Aaron Jones, or, or if I was going to go receiver, probably be Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. But I decided to go Travis Kelsey. We talked about it on our, our tight end preview, and you probably – you know if you listen to that episode, you probably knew I was going to draft him here. Had the fifth pick, 
And I just, you know, there's so few really good tight ends, Greg Angel, that I needed to get one here. It put me behind an eight ball for the rest of the draft as far as whether I should be deep at running back or receiver. I, I knew that one of those two positions would be kind of, uh, I would need some help along the way, but that's what the waiver wire is for. So one of the best offense yeah. in the league, the best quarterback in the league, a guy that rarely gets hurt, knock on wood. I needed to have him on my team, yeah. over 100 catches for tight end. And uh, I was pretty confident. Yeah. What, did, what did you think about me taking Travis Kelsey at the at the one five spot? I got a couple of things here. First of all, did you we I we do Yahoo, and you know if you're on Yahoo, they had a new feature this year. We're sitting in the draft room, we did an online draft, and right before a video plays, and the guy said, "Hey, you have the sixth pick. Here's who I would take with it." And he said, "You know, Travis Kelsey might be a good move because of the point disparity." So the difference we talked about in tight ends between Travis Kelsey and every other tight end but Darren Waller is about 70, 80 points. So when you're facing anybody, Phil, this year, you know your tight end is going to be 80 points better all year than any other tight end. So you've got a positional advantage there. And Travis Kelsey is one of the safer bets at that point because I think I've said before, people worry about hitting home runs all the time. Make sure you don't strike out. Like you can't miss your first round picks so blatantly. You just have to have a perfect draft from there on. So Travis Kelsey was a good pick in my book. I'm also not a Zeke Elliott fan. Um, Nick Chubb is another popular running back, but you know, Kareem Hunt's right behind there. So I could see a lot of people going Nick Chubb. I've seen him a lot of tops because they run the ball so much. So I did like Travis Kelsey. The middle spots of any draft are the hardest because I love being at top or bottom because you can line up. You you always seem to be picking between two guys and you can take them both. But when you pick in the middle, you have to guess what everybody else is going to do, especially when you're working online and you're working with new people that you've never drafted against. Yeah. I do like that. It's like in the middle and the fifth pick, it always felt like I was, you know, five or six picks away from a guy. Cause by the time it got to the the first pick or back to the 10th pick, I was four picks or five picks back from my pick. So I, if there was a guy I'd, I liked, you know, more than the other, I would take him, and then there would be another guy I would you know, kind of cross my fingers for. Sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, you were number six. You took Tyreek Hill. Uh, what what would you do yeah. differently? Was there anybody, you know, if any of those five guys fell to you, would you take them? Or, or what was your, your mindset there with the six pick? Uh, I totally would have taken the top four running backs. Had they come to me, I knew who was in front of me. I knew you wouldn't have let it happen if one of them fell because no more than one of them fell. So to me, it was between Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went with Tyreek Hill is twofold. Um, in our in this league, they set it up as there you get um, points for additional yardage. There's yardage markers where in a traditional PPR, you get it, but you don't get bonus points for the yardage. So Javante Adams, tremendous receiver, best receiver in the league in total receiver ability. But f- because of the bonus points of yardage, I picked Tyreek Hill. And the other thing was, I think they're going to function fine in Green Bay, but there's just a little bit of who knows if halfway through the year, if things aren't going perfect, that they all just say, you know, all implode because of the Aaron Rodgers stuff and Devontae wants a new contract and maybe he doesn't put himself out as much, but probably won't probably be spectacular. I'm debating picking him in my other league too. 
So this, you brought up a good point when you, and this is you know probably self-explanatory to some people, but I wanted to touch on it real quick. You, you got to go to the settings tab in your fantasy league before you draft, because every, there's so many things you can customize in leagues. This league, my buddy, Billy Biggs is a lover of bonus points in fantasy. I've never met anyone who likes this more. He has it where you get two extra points for 300 yards passing, four points for 350, six points for for 400 yards passing, that, and that's an, another touchdown. You know, if you get a guy like a Dak or a or a Aaron Rodgers, that you know, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, that's that's big. You know, that's another touchdown. Rushing you know, rushing the same way, another two yeah. point, points if you hit 100 yards. Same way with receiving. You know, there's bonuses for 100, 150, and 200 yards. So all that stuff adds up, and that's not normal in every league. That is something that he wanted to do. Um, that is not you know the norm, but. There's there's so many different ways to customize fantasy football leagues. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't look at those things real quick before your draft because that can make a difference. Because Tyreek Hill is gonna, I mean, he he does an end around for 100 yards. You're you're looking at six points, you know, plus the two bonus plus the touchdown. I mean, it's a, it's almost like a, a 15 point play. So um, there's a lot. Let me can... just say that's an aggressive play call, by the way. Yeah, yeah. on the goal line and around. <laughs> I like that play call. That's a, that's a Madden. That's a Madden play call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right, let's finish up the rest of the first round and go into our team. So Zeke Elliott went number seven. He's a guy we both kind of thought about, but you know, I think I don't know what what you know. He's, he's on the decline. Is he, my he is. feeling. We've seen and, the best. Their O line does not, and the O line does not seem as invested. And they want to make. I mean, they have the best wide receiver recent in the whole league. And, you know, I'm not thinking of everybody, but CeeDee Lamb's going to be an absolute rock star. Mari Cooper's very good, and Michael Gallup's very capable, and they got some other guys. So they're going to want to toss the ball around a bunch still. Oh, we forgot to talk about this, Greg Angel. What are, what are you drinking tonight? Are you drinking anything over there? Uh, I'm drinking absolutely nothing. Oh. So nothing tonight. Maybe, maybe I'll grab a full tilt in a minute. I'm drinking a lovely truly lemon tea which is nice which is a very nice taste to it yeah to me it had a little tingy taste it wasn't my favorite but uh it is tingy a little bit but hey yeah what are you gonna do all right uh zeke elliott went number seven we talked about him probably we've seen his best years aaron jones number eight a guy i had last year who i mean just the end of the year numbers look great but he has some weeks where you know he is he just doesn't deliver as a, as a first rounder should. AJ Dillon scares me a little bit there, and the fact that Aaron Jones—I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers—throws the ball within the five yard line so much really worries me as well. Devontae Adams from the Packers goes number nine, and then, our, then the commissioner, uh, our buddy Billy Biggs, had the tenth pick. Went Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins uh, with the tenth, eleventh pick. So he he just saw, which is smart, I think, with those top running backs gone. I'd rather have two of the top four, top three receivers, uh, two guys that would probably get you 100 catches each, and then worry about running backs later. Uh, so, you know, pretty pretty chalk. The only round. thing is for me, the only thing for me when he came back, a guy, Nick Chubb, is sitting there in, in the biggest run-centric offense in the league, and with him having to come all the way back around and knowing all the people that were going to continue to take running backs – I think that's a big risk. I would have had a hard time if it was Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs or most leagues, people won't take Kelsey like you do. They're not as educated. Kelsey and Adams or Diggs and, Ad Diggs and Kelsey. 
Um, I think that's a big risk there to have to wait back for the you know thirtieth pick essentially to pick a running back. Yeah, so. be, uh, when he got back around, he took so he took those two receivers, which you know I like that move. But there was obviously you touched on Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Eckler, Barkley. There was four stud running backs there that you could take whether yeah. whether they're your number one choice they're the best available so you got to deal with what you got um he comes back around takes Clyde Edwards Alaire from the from Kansas City who could have a bounce back in his sophomore season and then takes Darren For Waller sure. who's probably the number two tight end in fantasy football but now you're you're waiting until the end of the fifth round to get a run your second running back uh, which he does not do. He gets goes Julio Jones and Kyler Murray. So that now he's going away from running back again. I think he wanted Josh Jacob is what he told me there. But now again, yeah. you're not taking a running back, and you know you cannot. I've told you know I told I, like, I told him I like his team. Has a great team. He has some really good depth at receiver. But without a second, I think a second running back is Trey Sermon, who is not a starter. And I'm not super. He confident. isn't, but he could be emerging later in the yeah, year. I really yeah. like him. I really like him. And you know how I feel about uh, San Francisco running backs. Give me every one of them. Um, let's talk about Julio Jones in particular. Not as real. Tennessee's scaring me a lot right now. Julio Jones is has the Q next to his name a lot during his prime, and now he's older. AJ Brown. Seems like a real physical receiver. Um, they lose their offensive coordinator. Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry. They had some COVID stuff. Coach, quarterback. I we we as Ravens fans love to hate Tennessee right now. I feel like they could do. They could push real. They could go real on a real decline as a team and fantasy. I just don't love Julio. I would never have picked him at all. He was off my list because his name is Julio Jones. Who's going to get drafted higher? Yeah, he so. he's not a guy that I would. I mean, we've seen the best. We've seen we talked about with Zeke. We've seen the best of Julio Jones. He's now on a second team. He has a less lesser. You know, the the passing game takes a backseat to the running game there in in Tennessee. He's the number two option instead of the number one option. A lot of things not to like about him there. So and it's and he's always hurt. He's always dinged up. He's he, you know he's not a huge touchdown guy for as for as prolific as he is. He's never been a huge touchdown guy. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if that was you know by design in Atlanta or what. I mean, I like the Kyler Murray pick at the sixth round, but I think you could have waited there. I mean, uh, uh, but then Aaron Rodgers. You know how I feel about quarterbacks, and you feel the same. We've talked about that before. So yeah, but that next Just, round you know. before his pick. Rodgers, Wilson, and then Justin Herbert go off the board. Three, three more quarterbacks. So then, yeah. so so the the quarterbacks didn't go super early, but when they started going off the board, I mean, I grabbed one in the eighth round. I know you waited yeah. a little bit longer. So let's just run down our exact teams. I'll start with your team sure. and give you my thoughts because um, I really liked what you did for the most part. You sold a couple guys from me. So you took Tyreek Hill we talked about in the first round. Saquon yep. Barkley, a huge value at number 15, and I think it's leaning yep. t- leaning toward playing week one. Even if, even if he misses a couple weeks or if he's limited the first couple weeks, you have a guy who was a top you know, first overall pick. Now you're yep. getting him with the 15th pick overall. I think it's a great value for you there. You couldn't pass that up. I would have taken him. You know, I had that next pick. I didn't even think he would get yeah. to 15, so I wasn't upset when you picked him because I knew you probably would, but uh, I would have loved to have him there. 
Uh, Keenan Allen. Number- What's funny about Barkley, I never took him in any mock drafts, but I never experienced him being that deep in the second round. No, no. So, yeah, I mean, he's always, I, we, yeah, always there. We have a good friend. We'll, we won't save his name, but let's call him uh, like fuckless. Oh, ooh, I cursed. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, he texted me and he said, what should I do? And he ended up getting Barkley in the first round. Um, so that won't be typical in most drafts. So what I did afterwards, I'll, I'll talk about more as you go through my draft. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you start receiver running back, come in the third round, take Keenan Allen after right after I took Joe Mixon. Uh, and then right before my pick, you, you select Robert Woods, you son of a bitch. But first, going back to Keenan Allen, you talked about how much you like that Chargers offense. They're going to throw the ball a lot, you said. You, they're probably going to be trailing a yep. lot. So that's a great pick. You can probably say the same for the Rams. They're going to be throwing a lot. I saw something. I saw something about Keenan Allen. He's the only wide receiver in the last four years to catch 97 or more passes in the last four years, yep. every year. So he was early on. He was one of those guys you avoided because he seemed he was always injured. But they're going to showcase him out there. And I told you in the first episode, I, he's a guy I wanted in every team, and he's just so undervalued. Yeah, 100 receptions last year, 104 the year before, 97 I don't. When when was he hurt? When because he is a guy that seems like real he early is in his first hurt. first yeah. couple of years. But last first couple of years, he got injured in the middle of like a Monday night game. Everybody remembers that stuff when they watch it. He yeah. got injured like the first week, so first first quarter. So, but he's he's consistent. You know, I was debating between him and a guy I love as a talent, C.D. Lamb, but Keenan Allen named the yeah. three receivers after him. You can't except Mike Williams, because I'm a Clemson fan. C.D. Lamb, you can name three or four other people that could get the ball. So in a PPR league, you pick the PPR guy. And and, and the, the guy that's going to get targeted, excuse me. I was going to say that I, I had to look this up because I was going to say he's always hurt, but is he always hurt, or is that something that we think of in our mind? Because 102 catches, 97 catches, 104 catches, 100 catches, that's the last half a decade uh, of, of seasons yeah. here. And, you know, he, he might be one of those guys who's always – I mean, there's guys – there's receivers like this that are always on the injury report, always like a, a Saturday, like he might not play, but he always does and always has seven, eight catches. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a good pick. So you're you're going strong here at the receiver position. You take Hill, Allen, Woods, and then lock it. I, I don't know if you needed a fourth receiver there. I probably would have gone running back, but the value is there. Tyler Lockett's one of the, the best uh, passing games in the league. Um, but he was so he was in our league. This hold is on, a- hold on, hold on. He was hot and cold last season for me. Um, he had some really big games, and then he had some games down the stretch that he was inconsistent with. Maybe that gets fixed this year. But right. We'll see. Go ahead. Their off their offense was inconsistent. What I did is I w- I was I got to that pick and I was like running back, running back, running back because I went Woods over. You took Gus Edwards right after me, and yep. I just you know I. I didn't want to be a homer. I wasn't ready to get him in the fourth. Um, but when I looked at the player rankings total and saw the running back I was going to choose was ranked, and you don't live and die by these, but people put them together that somewhat know what they're doing. Um, and Tyler Lockett was like 30th, and the best running back I could get was like the 60th ranked player, 50th ranked player. So in our league, we're flex, and we had two flexes, two wide receivers. So 
people have a tendency to start running backs over wide receivers in their flex spots because they think they'll get more touches. But to me, these are guys who are consistently good, you know, performances every year. So the value is too much for me to ignore at that point. Yeah, we have very different teams. It's going to be fun to go through mine because I'm, we're opposite. Yeah, we're completely opposite. opposite. Yeah. After those, so you went four of your first five five picks receiver. Then you followed up with, I'll just fly through these, Damien Harris, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones, A.J. Dillon, four straight running backs was there I think you needed to do. So you're now into the double yeah. digits rounds. You haven't taken a quarterback, haven't taken a tight end. Uh, of these four, we talked about Damien Harris. That offense is going to be better without Cam Newton there, and he's going to get more, I think, goal line, more touchdowns overall without um, right. him poaching it. Kareem Hunt. Is going to be a, a I think going to be a starter for you. Um, he just puts up points. I mean, he doesn't, you know, just can't watch the game because he's not going to be a starter. You know, but he's in there quite a bit. He gets a lot of passes. Uh, Ronald Jones is a guy that is so overlooked in the eighth round. I mean, he he is their starter for the probably one of the best offenses in the league with Tom Brady there, and you know they're going to run the ball through him. Fournette's going to be evolved a little bit, but I like Jones. A.J. Dillon I talked about, worried about him stealing some carries. So I don't know who's going to pop up there. I think you're going to have uh, something where you, know, you start Harris one week and then Hunt is going to blow up. That you know Jones has two touchdowns, 120 yards when you have on your bench. It's going to be a, yeah. a situation where you're going to play the hot hand, but with injuries, with COVID, with, with bye weeks, I think you're going to have some, some good options there as your number two running back. With the uncertainty I have with Saquon, I wanted to get guys who had defined roles on their team. I agree with you. Ronald Jones was the number one running back until he got hurt. And then Fournette went on the run. So everybody remembers that in the playoffs, but these are all guys that have teams that, you know, other than probably uh, Ronald Jones are run centric. So I wanted to get kind of known quantities. I really was kicking myself. I really wanted to get Javante Williams. I could have picked him around earlier. You took him before me in the ninth. But because uh, he has high upside, but I with when you take a risk like I did with Saquon, an injured guy, you have to have people who you know what their role is and you know they're going to get you twelve to fifteen points. So that's what I did. Uh, you went quarterback uh, in tenth round with Tom Brady. I think you know just a young guy starting out. He's a new guy, yeah. new guy in the league. Yeah. See how he See does. What happens, so. He plays the Cowboys week one and the Falcons week two. So he's going to have 10 touchdowns by the end of that second game of the season. So uh, that should be good. Mike Kosecki in the 11th round. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. He was probably the best tight end there, is probably why you took him. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tight ends at that point. Yeah. I didn't go early enough. The guy, you know, I wanted to. Um, there was a certain breakoff point to me where if I didn't take him and Logan Thomas was the guy for me, if I didn't get a guy like him, I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> like I was just going to throw it out there and see what happens. After that it was probably, I would say the pick that you might regret the most, but you can tell me if that's true. Uh, you take, hold on, I'm pulling it up here. I know you took Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. I'm trying to pick up the round here that you did that in. Is it the 10th round? 12th. 12th round. Okay. So you take Tannehill here. You're already trying to shop him, it looks like, in the league. The picks after him were Pittsburgh defense, Baker Mayfield, DJ Shark, Jamison Crowder, Matt Ryan. No home runs there, obviously. Uh, then Gallup, right. Gallup Burrow, Michael, ben, Michael Pittman, 
Beasley, Cole Komet is you. So I, I don't say it's a terrible pick. I don't think you needed that pick there. It, was there someone else that you could have grabbed? Maybe, but I don't think you're kicking yourself because you missed out on so you know so and so, right? I mean, there's a you know there's a bunch of who knows. Uh, you know, I want a protection for because Brady, while good quarterback, is yeah. not like guaranteed. Um, he's not like a Josh Allen. If I'd have taken a Josh Allen in earlier rounds, I wouldn't have bothered to draft one until the end, maybe. Yeah. Just as protection. The reason I'm actually shopping um Tannehill is because the last round I decided to take a, a little bit of a different approach and took Trey Lance. Um, I just think middle of the year he might be that quarterback, like a Lamar Jackson taking over for Joe Flacco. He might, he's going to score more points than anybody I could have picked up in the 16th round. All these running backs that we hope, you know, could be a backup. They could be all these guys. I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, well, Trey Lance is going to score more points than anybody else I could pick if he plays. So I think it just gives me position flexibility and trade flexibility. If someone loses a quarterback, I agree. Um, yeah lose his starting quarterback. There's a guy in our league who took Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, they might both stink. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, who and knows? So, it you, just I gives me more Trey, trade flexibility. I think Trey Lance, he, not as good of a quarterback as Tom Brady, but for fantasy, if he gets you yep, exactly. 70 yards rushing and gets you two touchdowns you know, total and you know, 200 yards, he's going to put up just – put up more points than Tom Brady probably in some weeks. So he might be a better, a better yep. start. You know, we saw that with Taysom Hill and a yep. lot of guys that might be, not be the best player in the league, but you know, that doesn't matter in fantasy football. They so. might not win the games. Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts won me some games at the end of last year and they lost every one of those. So it doesn't matter if they win the football game. It just matters. Fantasy. That's what, that's why people who don't like fantasy don't, don't like about it because you don't play based on winning the game. Yeah. Uh, Cole Komet in the 13th round, the starting uh, tight end for the, the Bears. He's just trying to go for upside picks here, which is smart. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, a player I really like in the 14th round, is at number two to um, Allen Robinson Chicago. I think if Justin Fields gets in the game, he's going to be a nice uh, option, kind of a field stretcher as opposed to the check down possession guy that Allen Robinson has become. And then the uh, we had to take a defense, obviously. No kicker in this league. No kicker, but you did take the New England defense. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, a, it was a good move. I hope more leagues go to that. We're going to that with our uh, Fig Cave League. But uh, I think in this league we get points for three and outs, and we get points for fourth down stops. So New England was your yeah. fifth, 15th round pick. I always look at the week one matchup. They play the uh, Dolphins. Should be a uh, ass-kicking uh, I think just because I'm not a huge fan of the Dolphins. I think there was a fluke last year. I'm not They'll a... both be good on defense. That'll be a defensive yeah. oriented game. Yeah. The reason I picked it and I later heard, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, Belichick got, gets a lot of starters back. They're playing a lot of young quarterbacks in their division. I always look at the division. I know that if I take a team, they're going to play six games against these teams. And while Buffalo is a very good offense, they don't always perform huge against new England. There's been a history of, and that'll probably change, but I look at that and I say, okay, they're a good defense. Bill Belichick's a good defensive coordinator, and they're going to play the Dolphins and the Jets with young quarterbacks twice each. So that's where I kind of start off with that on defense choices. Makes sense. So, yeah, overall, I think you had a good team. 
any any picks that I stole from you because I talked about that. I mean, that Barkley pick, I would have taken him. The Robert Woods pick was re- – I had him in my – like I was about to click draft Robert Woods when you took him, and my whole yeah. team would have been different there. Um, any picks that I stole from you that you uh, were, were kicking kicking air? I was ready to take Javante Williams to you. Yeah, the the disadvantage I've had a couple of my neighbors go, yeah, because I'm going to be in a league with them too. They're like, I know everything you're going to do. Disadvantage <laughs> of people li- yeah. encouraging people to listen to the podcast and you and I being in a league together. Uh, you know my affinity for him. I just think they're not going to be a great team, so they're going to push him more and more into the starting role towards the end of the year. I think he'll be an absolute stud, and he's gonna. I took AJ Dillon right after that. But I had opportunity to take them a little earlier. I just kind of slow played it. Um, so that was the only one I can remember uh, looking at your picks and saying, "Oh man, I wish I could. I wish I could have taken him." So um, anybody else in the draft? <laughs> one of the worst picks, Corey Davis in the eighth round. Oh, just looking God. at that eighth round. Um, I was actually looking at him because I was thinking he would be a free agent because he. I picked him up. I feel like I pick him up every year, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> but eighth round on the on the Jets, eighth round, Jesus. Elijah Moore is actually a better pick um, for the future of the team. I mean, somebody else got him in the fifteenth round, a rookie out of Ole Miss, is a tiny slot receiver. But you know what? What's funny is I think both you and I think Zach Wilson's going to be terrible. I've heard multiple people, including Tony Romo tout him and how good they think he's going to be but Tony Romo said he could be the next Patrick Mahomes yeah he said he'd be a top five top five quarterback um and in within a couple years I just don't I just don't know how but we'll see yeah we'll see I mean he's a guy who have a who'll have a good game week two some people will pick him up and then the next week he'll have three you know rookie rookie quarterbacks are tough unless you're you know a guy like Fields or Lance that can be multifaceted and do a lot of different stuff, hide things, you know. Yeah. All right. So One here. guy who didn't get picked at quarterback was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is going to be a very good contributor. I, th- I was listening to Matthew Barry, and he said he was the number 11 quarterback in fantasy up until when they replaced him with Tua. And he's not getting drafted because he's not, he's not a great winning player. But in fantasy, he does well. Yes, yeah, for sure. And he um and I think in a in a twelve team league he would definitely get drafted. In a ten team league it's tough, you know, but yeah. Um yep. and it's just not a sexy name for sure. So all right, so we talked about Kelsey number one coming back. I really wanted to focus. I really in, in this draft, Greg, I wanted to get people that are fun to watch. Okay. That was my okay. that was my that was my motto. I want I want Seems them to like be a sound strategy. Fun to watch. Antonio Gibson is <laughs> Antonio Gibson is fun to watch. He led the league in uh, rookie uh, touchdowns last year for running backs. He's going to be involved, I think, yep. more in the passing game this year. Uh, he was a receiver right. that converted to running back so he can catch the ball. I don't know. The J.D. McKissick thing was a, was a blip on the radar, I feel like. So I'm, I'm confident he's a 1,500 total yard guy, 10 total touchdowns, going to be you know, a, a first-round caliber talent that I got in the second round. Joe Mixon, I think you're higher on than I am. Um, he's just not a sexy name. But That's before, funny. On a previous draft, you said you loved him. I, I do. You told do. us. In a previous podcast, you loved him. I do like him. I think just the stats don't lie that he's like, before he gets hurt you know, every year, he's good. 
But uh, he just, I mean, his last full year, he had 1,100 yards rushing, uh, 35 receptions. I think he is a guy that could uh, multifaceted again, could have 50 catch potential. Just, I'm just worried about him yeah. getting, getting staying healthy. Third. But I think that offense in the third round, I mean, it was too good of a value to pass up. I mean, he's a guy who used to go in the first round, and I don't think much has changed except the offense has gotten better, right? Yeah, because I had picked Saquon and wasn't sure when he was falling and falling, that is one I would have considered, um, despite my love for Keenan Allen in third. Tremendous value on Joe Mixon there. This is a 10-team draft, so just remember – Teams will be different. I think 12 is probably the more common number. It's my favorite number. Uh, I think it spreads out the teams. It makes it, you know, drafting even more important in waiver wires. But Joe Mixon is not falling into in the third round in a 12-team draft. Not the way people covet running backs. So I think that might be your best value pick, depending on how it turns out, everything, of course. Yeah, I think it's also he got hurt last year, so people are down. You know, the guys that got hurt the year before, people are honestly, you know, we see with Saquon with you, with Joe Mixon with me. You know, people just remember that and they don't want to draft somebody. But the the odds of someone getting hurt two years in a row are pretty pretty slim. You know, it's going to be the different players that get hurt this year. So we'll see. Yeah, that's that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's I'd rather draft a guy that got hurt the year before. Like, what are the odds of him getting hurt again? It's very rare. Yeah. Um, Number four, we talked about me taking Gus Edwards. I think he is going to be a huge piece of the Ravens' running game. I think a thousand yards and fifteen touchdowns is not out of the question. He's going to be a goal line guy for them. And then maybe my favorite pick of the draft is getting Kyle Pitts, the Atlanta tight end, who is instantly in a passing game that's going to throw for 400 yards a game always losing but always throwing um yeah i'm not sold he's going to be a centerpiece yeah yep. centerpiece for sure i'm not sold I, on, I was... uh, mike jones at all uh, being a guy who can take it you know i like mike jones a lot can he stand up for 17 games you know of, of being the guy i don't think so who's yeah. mike jones mike jones who am I thinking of? What team? Running back, Calvin for, Ridley. Running back for the oh, for the, Mike, for the, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Oh my god, it's late here. It's late here. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of rap rap song. Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. Yeah, Mike Jones. I'm, um, I'm too white to say that, but Mike, I still said. But Mike Davis, <laughs> uh, Mike Davis, I don't think is going to be what he was last year. I think he's going to be. You know, he's a guy I like, but I think. I well, know. I was just reading something about him on Twitter. Somebody put on. Um, if you, you drafted Mike Davis and you're not upset by this Wayne Gallman signing, then oh, I didn't even you're know more about confident. That. So Wayne Gallman just got signed. He became instantly their number two. I was wondering how, as again, he's a Clemson guy, more and more of him showing up. Um, Wayne Gallman was pretty serviceable when he took place of Saquon Barkley. And when he signed with San Francisco and they have Trey Sermon, Raheem Mostert and other guys, I was like, man, why would he want to stick himself in that situation with so many other people? So they cut him in San Francisco, not surprisingly. Uh, they signed him before the draft, so they didn't realize they get Sermon. But um, now he's the number two, and something I didn't realize, you know, I just looked – I don't think I watched a minute of a Carolina Panthers game because it was not worth watching. Um, but he – Mike Davis apparently wore down at the end of the year. It was his first time ever being a feature back. Yeah. So he, I think I think the Atlanta Falcons might win four or five games this year. Maybe. Yeah, they're going to be bad. So they're going to be terrible. 
So I, you know, I, I'm not willing to jump on Gallman yet, but if you're in a really deep league, he is worth a, cause Mike Davis in front of him is not a proven guy. He's going to get some touches for sure. For sure. Uh, but I love Pitts. I think with him and Kelsey, I got two guys that play tight end, but are basically receivers. So my, so I haven't, you know, we're in the fifth round now. I have not drafted receiver yet, but I feel like I got two guys that are receiver esque, you know, caliber stat guys that I can put up some serious points with. So I'm happy at this point. Uh, well, well, go ahead. I don't think I even realized you. Picked, I didn't even realize you picked Pitts, and it, it made me laugh post draft because I remember being in a draft with you one time where you didn't even draft a tight end until the last round, and you took some guy named Dawson Knox from the Bills. So when you had two tight ends, it made me laugh a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last in one of our drafts last year. I didn't like. I just waited on tight end and just didn't even, <laughs> didn't even care. Now I'm totally opposite. No, no, I took Kittle in that draft, didn't I? I take Kittle. I don't know. Adam Thielen. No, that, it was two years ago. Two it years wasn't ago. last year. Two, two years, years ago. Yeah. Adam Thielen was my sixth pick. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to repeat what he had 14 touchdowns last year. I don't think that's going to happen again. But my yeah. se- my seventh pick was Robbie Anderson, and he had three touchdowns last year. So I don't, with between the two of them, I think they'll have 17 <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, they'll, they'll maybe they'll split it, split the difference. So I think Robbie Anderson's a fun yeah. player, and just you know, seventh round is disrespectful to Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's a guy who I, I think is going to be better and better. Now reunited with Sam Darnold. They're going to play the Jets week one. He's going to put up 120 in a touchdown. I'll book it right now. Plus he has the best, best hair ever. He, he always makes his hair crazy. Every year you can identify Robbie Anderson by his picture because he always faces has his huge spikes. Uh, I mean, he caught almost 100 balls last year in a, in a conservative Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. So... Uh, great value there for you. Which is crazy because um, he's a guy I always think of as like a uh, like a deep threat. Like, but I didn't, you know, he he's definitely be, become more of an all around receiver in Carolina. Yeah, he he. Um, what's funny is you know, you talk you um you people talk about how deep receivers are on the right. But the difference between guys who perform every week and a guy like Robbie Anderson who could drop off in a week is big. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, I took my, my quarterback here next with the uh, the eighth my eighth pick, the eighth round here. I just had to get somebody. I knew the quarterback run was starting. I kind of felt it bubbling up. So uh, I took Dak Prescott, and I talked about it. I'm going to say this over and over. He played five games last year, had – 450, 266, 472, 502, and 166. That's the game he got hurt in, I believe. Um, that This Cowboys offense, and their defense is terrible. I don't know if it'll be a, a little bit better this year, maybe, but they're going to throw Can't the ball. Worse. They're going to throw the ball a lot. They And they're, you know, we talked about Zeke being on the kind of, this is really trans, you know, talked about the receivers there, probably the three best receivers in the league as far as the threesome. I just think this team is really transferred over to a passing attack versus a, a Zeke Elliott running a game, and I'm excited to have him. He's a guy coming off injury, but he's fun to watch, and those Cowboys games are always on That's TV. That's the so. only reason he fell is because of the big Q next yeah. to his name. Yeah, you know, uh, I believe it was like a rib injury or some, somewhere in there, midsection injury. Um, 
he kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson from a fantasy perspective. Initially, early in his career, they didn't let him pass, and then now they started to let him pass. So he he could be a, he could be a huge get for you in the eighth round. Uh, I took Javante Williams mainly because I knew you were picking next, and I knew you'd want him, and I needed <laughs> I needed just one more guy. I needed a fourth. I feel like Ocean's eleven. I need one more. Uh, I think a guy that you know I have yeah. I have three running backs now at this point with Gibson, Mixon, and Edwards. I can wait, have a guy kind of marinate a little bit, and and by midseason, if he if he blows up and becomes what people think he can to be like a like a mini Alvin Kamara. You trade them or or you know trade one of these other guys you know having or having four running backs is not a bad deal because we start two and we have two flex spots so you know i really just need yeah, two receivers somebody's getting injured yeah if i if I, I need two receivers to hit because if i got four running backs i can start two in in the flex start two in the in the regular spots um but i did want to go back to your team real quick we've talked about the zero running back theory i think you have the hero running back theory where you draft a stud you got saquon barkley you wait and wait and wait. Sick, you know, yep. middle middle rounds. You just you just stockpile four or five running backs. That's a that's a good you know. If you have um, if at the first pick, if you have Christian McCaffrey, that's not a bad you know drafting strategy, right? Like just take him. He's going to get you basically what you what two running backs are normally going to get you point wise, and then just stock up on the other positions and then get some of these mid mid round guys that could that could break out for you. Yeah, um, I, I totally lost my train of thought here. But, um, you know, get guys who people – I think what people – drafters, here's what I want to say. I think what drafters get stuck in is I have to get – fill up my roster. I have to get a quarterback. Oh, I haven't got one yet. I haven't got a tight end yet. Look at the board, see who's available, and make the right pick at the right time. There's going to be changes throughout the year don't feel the necessity to fill up somebody will be available on a waiver later especially with you at the sixth pick or me with the fifth pick if i'm drafting it's going your way everyone there has quarterbacks there's no there's no rush for me to get a quarterback until it gets back to me at the earliest because if everyone has a quarterback or in the seventh or eighth round the odds of anyone taking a second quarterback at that point is you know you have to really watch the board and see who has what with tight end and quarterback, that's the best thing to do because, you know, I, I did that a couple times because, oh, shit, I can wait here. You know, I know Greg's not going to take one. These other four guys have one already. I can wait. So take Dak in the eighth, Javante Williams in the ninth, Marquez Callaway, who could be the number one receiver for New Orleans if, if Mike Thomas doesn't come back. Um, Jameis Winston's going to throw the ball a lot. They're a team that throws the ball a lot, period. So I think, you know, his his preseason has really vaulted him to an eighth or ninth round pick. So to get him in the tenth was a nice value for me. The next pick was one of my favorite draft picks was Jacoby Myers. I think people slept on him. Even with Cam Newton last year, he had some really good games. Just a good, like, dependable, catches the ball. Like, I don't know if he's super flashy, but he's – a nice big end zone target, and he just catches the ball. And I don't think I know um, the the other guy. Um, oh, what's his name? Just went on IR. Has a weird name. Requested a trade. Um, the other receiver that was like a second. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Yep. Nikhil Harry. He just went on IR. So I mean, there's not really anybody pressing him for that number one job there in in New England. So I like that. Um, Pittsburgh. Well, was- it's funny they they went out. And- 
I think my internet connection is a little unstable here, Phil, but uh, what's funny is New England uh, picked up two guys in free agency, um, Nelson Aguilar and the guy out of uh, San Francisco, Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick I think Bourne, is his name. Yep, yep Kendrick Bourne. Yep. Um, so what's funny is neither of those guys are getting drafted because I don't think anybody had faith in Cam Newton. Now, knowing what we know now about Mac Jones, do more people pick up New England wide receivers thinking that the distribution of the ball will be bigger? We'll see. They're still they're still all late round guys to be picked up. But I loved the Jacoby Myers pickup. Underrated guy. And I think those guys, I think Aguilar and Bourne will have some weeks where they'll have big weeks, like really big, like top 12 receiver weeks. But I think Jacoby Myers will have an every week top 20, top 24 receiver week where he gets you 12, 15, 17 points. Not not going to be like a you know 40-point guy, but I think you know for the 11th round, a flex guy, a, a fill-in for a bye week, he's a really good good target there. Pittsburgh in the 12th round yep. was a good pick for me because I think we get st- I told you we get stops for three and outs. Pittsburgh had like 40, 55 three and outs last year. So that's a point for every one of those, um, which is a huge, I didn't even, I didn't even know we were doing that. I should have yep. checked that earlier, but the 13th pick was Cole Beasley. I've already dropped him in favor of Brian mm-hmm. Edwards from the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, a guy I've been high on, former Gamecock. So that's a good pick there. Uh, let me just th- fly through the rest of the three of these, and then you can talk. Yeah, uh, of course. Michael Thomas, when the 14th pick, I immediately put him on IR. That gave me an extra spot on my roster where I picked up uh, Mr. James White. Uh, Jameis Winston with the 15th pick. I've already dropped him. Uh, and then the 16th pick, I picked up Justin Fields. You talked about getting a rookie quarterback at the end there. I was like, oh, let me do the same thing too. Fuck it. So you took Trey Lance right after you. I took Justin Fields. I was fine with either one of those guys. I thought you would have taken Fields just because Trey Lance had a, like a, a finger injury or something, but I wasn't too picky. I think both of those guys are going to be very similar and very good when they ever get a chance to start. And I think Fields could start maybe sooner than Lance uh, because I think – uh, by the third week, I think Fields is going to be starting. I just think Andy Dalton is not going to be holding on to that job. I think Jimmy G, with the schedule the 49ers have, has a little bit of leeway with what he can do. I think the, the Lions week one, that's a win. I think the Eagles week two is a win. So he's he's 2-0 and going into the Packers game, Seahawks, Cardinals maybe. Uh, I don't know if they make a, make a switch there. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know if you want to throw – a rookie quarterback to the to the Wolves when he plays the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and then Colts defense. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But overall, I think I like my team a lot. There's Obviously, you're heavier on receivers. I'm heavier on running backs. Will we make a trade at some point? You know, it's possible. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I like my team, and I think I like having one position, Greg, where I know, okay, I'm going to focus on receivers, whereas everyone in – uh, the waiver wire is going to be looking at running backs or needs a quarterback or a tight end or a defense. I have one thing I need. I need a receiver. So, you know, if somebody blows up, I'm going to use that waiver wire spot to pick up receiver here and there until I hit one that, that you know, ends up being a, a long-term solution for me. Yeah, receiver is a week-by-week proposition. We actually haven't focused on receivers at all during any of our discussions. 
Um, but there's always somebody on the waiver wire. The question is, do you hit the right one? Yeah. Right. Cause it, the, the guys who don't perform every week are going to be tough to predict. So like I said earlier, receivers are the deepest position. I think probably one of the more injured positions. I, I am not, a, I can't look this up, but more, probably one of the more injured positions is running back. So that's why the waiver wire turns out well for them that people just throw in other players. So they're risky, but they're definitely the most coveted um, players. And the reason, like I said, I went heavy receivers because they were all known quantities to me. They all year after year had established uh, history and they're part heavy part of their offense. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, I think two, we have two of the stronger teams in the league, but I think overall in a 10 team league, it's hard to look at someone's draft and really not like it just because it's, you know, there's a ton of talent to go around for 10 teams. I think, you know, I think I'm with you. 12 teams is kind of the right number for me as far as a, as a league. We're doing 14. If we can get 14 in our, our fig cave league, we're going to do 14. We've had two people sign up since we started recording this podcast. So we're at nine now. So I don't think it's going to be hard to fill up 14. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be good. It's only 20 bucks again. It'd be fun. We ought to talk about it here every week on the podcast. I wanted to talk about it real quick. We're going to do a week. Let one. Me make, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say one note. If you did your draft before the last preseason game, it's your own damn fault that you have J.K. Dobbins on your roster. Um, just a rule. Never, never, never draft before the last preseason game is completed. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, scheduling is, is tough, but I mean, if you're doing an online draft, there's really no reason, especially with only three games this year, Greg Angel. You had two weeks before the season started. I mean, we still have a whole week where you could do drafts this weekend and drafts on, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's no, there's no excuse for it, especially with zoom now and all this shit. So, um, I wanted to get into week one. We'll do a full week one preview or, you know, it's full, full in parentheses. I don't know if we'll do a full episode on it, but, uh, we'll break it down as much as we can. I wanted to talk about some of the matchups this first week that people should be looking at based on the, the teams that were bad last year on, on defense against the pass and against the run. So I'll just fire these off, Greg. You give me your thoughts, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, the worst team against the pass was the Falcons last year. They play your boy, Tom Brady, week one. I think he's going to put up a ton of points. That's going to be a shootout on Thursday night. No, that's not Thursday night. That's the Cowboys and uh, Cowboys and Bucks. But that is when is yeah. that game. But, 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 but. That's just a normal Sunday game. But still, no matter when the fuck it is, it's going to be a big shootout game. I think two teams that, um, that throw the Falcons the play the Eagles. Huh? The Falcons play the Eagles week one. Oh, what the hell am I looking at then? Cowboys, Buccaneers. Maybe you're looking at like 1992. Maybe. The Cowboys, Buccaneers play Thursday Thursday night. Man, uh, by this. the way, if you ever pick <laughs> Cowboys are a Cowboys will always be on a primetime game. So if you love watching your players, feel free to pick Cowboys because no matter how bad they are, okay. everybody loves looking at the cheerleaders. Right. But the Eagles play the Falcons that week one. And, you know, I think they're both super unstable franchises. Um, Jalen Hurts, they they bring in Gardner Minshew uh, to back him up because they don't believe in him. Uh, I think Joe Flacco might still be there, so that'll be that'll be a rough game for the Falcons. They can't get worse on defense. So, so, so yeah, you're right. I was just, I had Brady on the brain for some reason, but I guess the Eagles, 
I mean, that's a good first game for Jalen Hurts against the the very worst passing uh, defense in the league last year. Whoever plays quarterback for the Colts week one plays the Seahawks, yeah. who are the second worst. So I don't know if it'd be Carson Wentz or one of those rookies, but that might be beneficial for if you have Zach Pascal or if you have Michael Pittman, you might want to throw him in a flex because uh, they play a pretty bad pass defense in the Seahawks. And number three, Jimmy G against the Lions should put up some points in Detroit. Uh, I think he gets off to a hot, hot start there week one. Going over to the rushing attack, the Texans were the worst rushing team in the league last year. James Robinson should feast. If you took him later, if he's your number two or number three, number three running back, I would somehow figure out a way to get to him in your lineup. Um, we talked about uh, the Buccaneers Cowboys game. The Buccaneers, we, I surprised you before we started, Greg Angel. The Buccaneers gave up an average of 80 rushing yards a game last year. So uh, you're not going to bench Zeke week one? One of, but you know, I think one of the hardest things to do is having one of your studs have a really bad matchup and not playing him. Yeah, it would be really hard not to bench Zeke, especially because you're really excited. He was probably your first, maybe your early second round pick. You get to watch him on Thursday night, it's the first game, you want some action. You don't know what the Buccaneers are going to look like. You don't know what the Cowboys offense is going to look like. It's going to be, I mean, if, if you have really good options behind him, like let's say you picked up James Robinson and you're playing against the Texans, probably a team you're an automatic start against. And you got, and let's say you got, you know, somebody else against who has a really good matchup. It's something to consider. Don't be afraid to look at the matchups and sit just because you drafted a guy high does not mean you have to play him. If he's playing a spectacular defense that is strong against that position, think about it. Think about it. Most people won't. I, I, I'm those other people. I will, I will think about it, but I got to say start your studs. I mean, you drafted them for a reason. I guess it's a good debate to have. We could, we could probably do a whole other episode on this. I was, If I was in that situation, I would have to week one start Zeke. I mean, it might be, might not be a pretty, too, a pretty you know, a pretty game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely not, not a no-brainer. You know, I mean, you could have an easy matchup and still have a tough game. You know, you never know the yeah. game, the game plan could, could skew a different direction. But um, something to think about. So, uh, your boy Ronald Jones, who you drafted, does play. I'll get this right on Thursday night against the Cowboys, who were the second worst rushing defense in the league. So, Ronald Jones should have a nice uh, week one, hopefully. And then whoever plays running back for the Texans, it gets to play the Jaguars, who were the third worst rushing defense in the league. So whether that's Philip Lindsay, if you're, you know, whether it's David Johnson, I don't know. If you're starting a Houston Texan week <laughs> one, yeah, just hand your money over to whoever because you just had the worst draft ever. Hey, I don't care that fourteen team league we're doing. That I don't think it's crazy to to. You know, not, you couldn't pay me to pick a Texan. Okay. I will pick. I will. No, they're going to be the worst franchise. Yes, somebody's going to score at least one touchdown for them. I don't think they'll go the whole season where they don't score. Uh, that would be pretty tough. They're bad on O line. They're bad at defense. They're bad at quarterback. They have Brandon Cooks, who's got to be like, get me the hell out of here. Um, but like, oh my gosh, they might be the worst team we'll ever see in the history. They haven't had a first round pick in two or three years. Yeah, they're. Their, their stud quarterback is, you know, facing um, 
facing <laughs> terrible allegations. I mean, it's just, I feel so bad for David Culley. He is just the biggest fall guy. There is no way he is the coach of that team in two years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be a whole complete rebuild. So, um, But in our, our Fig Cave Fantasy League, which you can sign up for if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love to have you. $20 to get in. Um, you start three running backs, three receivers, and a flex. So that's three three running backs per team for 14 teams. That's 42 running backs. You're telling me there's not there's not one running back? You're telling me Philip Lindsay isn't better than somebody on that list? Uh, you're probably right, but uh, I just wanted to be a contrarian here. Um, <laughs> Philip Lindsay, Lindsay is a nice player. He was okay for a year at Denver. They're just – I mean, they're going to have to throw. <laughs> so – I mean, they're going to try to grind it and win three to nothing every week, but they're not going to stop anybody either. So, yeah, yeah. yes, I would pick a lot of backup running backs on a lot of teams before I would pick the starting running back of the Houston Texans. Before, so that's you know that's my early week one look at things, and I always look at like the defenses that I I would want. I would really want that. Uh, I want to be part of that Patriots. Dolphins game I think that's going to be a low scoring defensive game I'd love to like you have the Patriots there um I'd love to have whoever plays the Colts the Seahawks I mean, you know we, we talked about the other side but I mean I think you get some sacks I think you'll you know you have you know an unproven guy there if Carson Wentz doesn't play so a lot of interesting games week one um I wanted to talk about our league so I kind of sprung this on you but we're doing this 14 team league you start a quarterback, right. three running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So I wanted to get basically, instead of having seven bench spots, Greg, I kind of wanted to flip, yeah. it, flip it a little bit and still have the same number of players, but just do more. You know, you don't have to, like, make a decision on who to bench. I don't know. It's right. just, just something a little bit different I think would be pretty fun. Um, how does your draft strategy – you don't have to give me all your uh, 11 herbs and spices, but um, – how does your draft strategy change when you're starting possibly four receivers or four running backs? You know, I think um, there is very little chance I stick with a quarterback. The only thing about a quarterback in a 14 team league is because the bent, the, the third running back that you're going to be picking is going to be iffy, the third wide receiver. You might want to go – I might go earlier on quarterback than than I usually would because a stud quarterback having better weeks, more consistent weeks every week might elevate you in this type of league. So, like, a Josh Allen might be that much more worth it. Uh, yeah. A Patrick Mahomes might be that much more worth it because everybody's teams are going to be very thin, very thin. You're, you're going to have to know – if you're in this league, you're going to have to know the third-string running back for the Giants – you're going to have to know really depth players because when you're picking at the end and then you realize that guy you just picked just got cut the next week, you're, you're, you have no chance. You have yeah. no chance. You're going to have to hit late. So quarterback might be more of a priority, but um, you know, just go back to back to back. Just best player available early. And I'm prepared I, to lose to me. I, oh, yeah, I always am. I always am. <laughs> But I limited it to four bench spots. So in that, you know, you're starting more people, but you have less bench spots. So you you can't really afford 
to carry a, a second quarterback, a second tight end, because then you got two bench spots left. You got three quarterback, three running backs, three three receivers starting. Somebody gets hurt, has a bye week, or you know yeah. gets COVID. You got to plug. Yeah, you got to have the spots to plug a guy in there. So I think it'll be you know even though we should more, do something creative with the waiver wire too. Um, you know we've done you've done things in the past where people had to spend a certain amount of money on a player. Like how much do you want them? So I think that could be interesting I too think, for yeah, us. I Give was it. just thinking about that. That's a good idea. I do like doing that. You get two hundred bucks and basically you can spend it however you want. It's a blind like blind auction yep. type of thing. Yeah, we can, yeah, that's yep. something fun to do because you know, change it up. Waiver while will be important when you have that short roster. Yeah. So I'm gonna change that right now. Cool. Yeah, if you guys want to get in, shoot us a message um on Facebook or Twitter or MySpace, wherever you want to hit us up at. Um but uh, yeah, you didn't even notice I said MySpace. You're so tired. See, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, out of focus. But I also wanted to say that I, uh, you know, as a non wrestling fan, and most and most of your listeners are, if not all of them, um, I did go to the Macho Man Randy Savage for my team name. So I am tell- showing my age by the no- wrestlers I know. Don't tell me a wrestler that's right now. I probably don't know them. But Macho Man will be representing my team, so it would be fun to have all wrestling oriented team names as well. Oh, I do, I do like that. I should switch my team name to something wrestling since it is. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. So, good call. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And uh, twenty bucks, it'll be fun to get into, and uh, we'll be able to talk about it here every week on the the uh, the podcast. So we will. I'd like to do another podcast, Greg, right before that Thursday game, or maybe maybe on a Friday to wrap up the Thursday and preview the week. Um, I yep. don't, I don't know if, you know, honestly, the way our schedules are, I don't know if we'll be able to do a full running back and receiver preview. Uh, but I think in the episodes we have done, we've touched enough on those positions to say like, you know, those are your bread and butter, right? I mean, that's where you right. should, you know, we talked about receiver you know, quarterback and tight end being where maybe you draft one, maybe you draft them late. Those two positions you need to be stacked, Can't get enough. stacked, cannot get enough. You heard our drafts. You know, you're drafting four or five or six of them to start your your draft, with the exception of a couple stud guys. I mean, you cannot get enough of those, and those are the guys you need to pick up. I mean, even if you feel like you're fine, if there's someone that flashes, if someone gets hurt, you got to put a waiver wire claim in because you don't know what's going to happen. Somebody gets arrested, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets cut. You know, yep. the NFL with an extra week of football, a ton of things can happen with COVID now. So many different options. So, I mean, to, to, to sum it up into a 15-second thing here, draft the shit out of running backs and receivers. And and really, yep. in your draft, and what, what I wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about is both of our, our benches are a ton of guys that can break out, a ton of really potential. Do not fill yep. your, your bench with the A.J. Greens and the David Johnsons of the world that we've oh. we've seen their best days. They do not need to be on your bench. There's no way you're going to want to start. Yeah, I know. There's no way you're going to want to start those guys with any kind of confidence. So get some guys that can hit and be a little diamond in the rough. And that's the best advice I can give you for your bench, especially in a league where we have six or seven bench spots. You can really afford to to really stack it with some guys that you know you're not going to want to bench the guys that you drafted early for anything. You know, those should be your starters almost every single week, barring any kind of weird things that happen. So your bench yeah. should be for home, for some home runs later in the season that could that could pan out. And it should also be guys like as you move on in the season, your bench will evolve too. 
I always like to, inevitably you're going to miss on somebody. I always like to have a spot where I don't mind moving somebody out every week and picking up a guy of the week, yeah. even yeah. if it's to prevent another person from taking him. And then look at teams and their records. All right. So you're, you know, you're in week 13 here, week 14, you had a team who's three and three and nine or whatever, three and 10. Um, they're going to start playing young guys. So if you got a guy on their team who's been doing decent for you, but they're going to start playing that young guy more and more and more. So pay attention to those young players who are maybe getting more and more of a share. And by the end of the year, week, week 16, whatever, there are 18 weeks this year, but week 16, they're the feature running back now of the team. So try to project out a couple weeks. Look at, look at schedules too. Look at who they got coming up. Yeah, I got this guy. He's doing well, but this other guy is going to play the three worst defenses in the league next year. And so I'll bring him on next three weeks. So like pay attention to those th- sort of things and be ahead of the need to pick him up the week he just hit be- and be that guy who says, you know what, two weeks from now, I'm going to play that person most likely because the way they're progressing. Yeah, it's a good point too. Thinking a week ahead is, is huge because I have the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a bye week, week seven. Okay, so week six before the seat before the week starts before players go on IR uh, waivers, I should be yep. I should be looking at at who's available and who who they play in week seven. So say someone yep. say the Raiders defense is available and they play the worst offense in the league uh, in that week seven. I want to pick them up before waivers before I got to pay yep. out out the the premium for a defense. Um, yeah. and get them out of my team and then drop them after that and go back to playing the, the Steelers. So it's really right. a good point to, to start a week ahead. Um, next week, I think we'll, what we do was either preview that Thursday game or recap it and give you guys a full preview of the week. Um, I would like to just kind of, you know, inside baseball, me and Greg on a Sunday night, whether it's a 20, 30-minute quick episode of like, these are the guys that broke out. These are the guys that are hurt. These are the guys that might be good pickups to kind of give you a quick recap of the week and then do like another quick episode, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, time permitting of like, you know, this is a guy start sit type of thing early week. So uh, this is our first year doing this. So we're, you know, we're going to try to juggle our schedules and, and, and do as much as we can. I mean, I would love to record yeah. every single day if we could, honestly, and just do something fun and preview. If somebody pay me for this, I'd do this. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. There's plenty other, plenty other people doing this that would love to say the same thing. Exactly. The one thing I'll yeah. say too, is that we haven't touched on a lot because we're not heavy this way. If you're a daily fantasy player, please shoot us messages at, Phil's at I hate JJ Reddick on Twitter and I'm at at Greg Angel Zero dot at Greg dot Angel Zero Three. Uh you got daily fantasy questions on that Sunday night game because you just lost your ass during the whole day. Yeah. Or or Monday night or Thursday night games. Any Sunday. Shoot us some, you know, daily fantasy because I know a lot of people love that because they hate to see when the running back gets hurt and they're screwed the rest of the year. So daily fantasy is a big deal. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll, we'll be back here next week, and we will be actually previewing week one uh, of real football. Uh, enjoy college. I, I, do, I do like the week before NFL starts because you get a full, like, unfiltered week of college football to watch. With, with a, fans. Yeah, with actual It's fans. amazing. Yeah, so uh, this Ohio State-Minnesota game has been a nice kickoff here. I've been trying to watch it while we record. It's been going back and forth here. So, uh, Greg, enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Stay classy, folks. We'll talk to you next week.